America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug Drugs abuse. are menacing our society. What are your thoughts on the drug problem? I had a great time doing drugs. So tonight, from our family to yours, from our home to yours, thank you for joining us. This is the piece on drugs. On drugs. All right. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Um, so I'm going to start in a, in a way um, that I meant to start in my last podcast. I forgot, but this is yeah. the thing that we came up with on our first one. We have all these candles. Oh, yeah. And we're going to burn one for the whole podcast. It's going to burn down on this and I'm gonna, for the whole first season. So what color uh, of candle? Well, I like green because green feels like energy. The yellow one? I think it's yellowish green. <laughs> it looks green. It's, it, it's, it's, it's light, ye- yellowish just, green. It, Under okay. this light, it definitely looks green. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. All right. Yeah, well, I favor that color. So, yeah. All right. And these burn so fast. I told yeah. Mike in the first podcast. I was, <laughs> he was like, you should. So you use it like a, basically, it's like a, uh, like okay. a, like a sunglass. Uh, uh, hourglass. Yeah. Hourglass. Yep. These are the sands of time. Go All right. Mike's. So, um, so John, I don't know you that well. I met you the other day. Yeah, I know. We just met and, uh, we had an, a, you know, we were basically talking about, we were on the same page with, yeah. with what's going on in today and with society and what's happening with, uh, you know, this prohibition and, you know, it's basically prohibition on drugs and it didn't work with alcohol. Oh, so why would it work with any other substance? No, and because it's and how, all how how are we going to keep doubling down? <laughs> yeah, how long are we going to double down until we say enough's enough? Yeah, I mean it, it, it's just basically I I, I love the message of uh, what your podcast is about, and I feel like it's like a super crucial, important thing that needs to be changed in this country. I, I mean, agree. and honestly, until it's changed, I really don't feel like we're going to see any progress. And it's, that's why it's so it's such an endearing everyday thought in my mind and in my heart, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. So And and you've went uh personally you've been through things with the war on drugs, with the with criminal um Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. I was I was I was uh I've lost my jobs, I've lost work because of marijuana possessions charges. Yeah, me too. And that's one yeah. thing that we had in common when I was talking to you. You yeah. said because you're a DJ, I, right? Yes, I'm a DJ. But at the time, you know, uh, you know, my kids were like babies and I was driving a, a truck. So, you know, I had CDL and if you have any, so, so basically if you're a commercial truck driver and you get any kind of uh, drug offense, um, they basically just like the insurance companies won't carry you. So I lost my job to For that. pot possession. Not For, when you were driving. I was not driving. I was, I was on my way to my birthday party. When I was, turn, uh, friends of mine were par- uh, throwing a party for me. I was turning 28 and I was on my way to the town. I was living in Gainesville and I was coming down to Naples to go to a party. And I had like an eighth of weed on me. You know, small amount. Just a small personal amount of marijuana. Nobody else's business. <laughs> exactly. You know, and uh, we got pulled over by a police officer and he came in and... Uh, he thought it was suspect because basically my my girlfriend at the time saw that I was tired. We were driving. It was pretty late at night. And she's like, pull over. Let me drive. You know, you, your eyes are closing. You're getting sleepy. So pull over. 
and she gets out. We switch drivers and like off of like an exit. So a cop happened to be sitting in an overpass. So he was like, "Watch she switch." He looked like oh a suspect. So he like followed us and then saw that we were young and wanted to search the car. How is that a, a violation of our Fourth Amendment? <laughs> yeah, it totally. Every time, like like oh. it was a total violation. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, if you, uh, basically you're always told if, you know, if you refuse them, then they'll be able to detain you just for refusing. Like you, yeah. that's your mindset, especially in that day. I mean, that was back in the early 2000s. I mean, this happened well, in 2001 well, or something gosh, like that. Yeah. Well, the idea though, that if you tell them they, <clears throat> they can't search that they're not going to, I mean, I didn't have that knowledge at that time. No, no, no. no. And I have yeah. before told cops they can't search and they haven't, but also I've had they, like, so I got arrested on the way to Bonnaroo mm-hmm. and we rented an RV and we we're driving to Bonnaroo and I did not realize it was a thing. This is a thing yeah. where these little small, uh, little small communities um, in Georgia have a whole, they make money, they make all their money budget for the year yeah. arresting people going to Bonnaroo. Right. So it's you a, have, yeah, you have an RV, we are driving and, um, and we had, you know, young kids with the RV, they know we're going to Bonnaroo. Yeah. So all of a sudden we're getting pulled over and the guy driving, we had sober drivers and everything we were drinking, drinking in the back, but yeah. they pulled us over and the cops were like, uh, you you were uh, swerving. You almost hit a you almost hit a tractor trailer. You were swerving so much. That's why we pulled you over. Right. Uh, which was not true at all. We weren't swerving at all. And um, can we right. search? No, yeah. sir. You cannot search. Okay, that's your right. We're just gonna get a drug dog. Uh. And within two minutes, a drug dog was there. They did a lap around the RV, and then they're like, "All right, the drug dog smelled something, so we're going in." Now we didn't hear a bark or a sign or anything. Yeah. So how, yeah. Exactly. How do I know what they smell? <laughs> yeah. And I knew I had weed, and I told my buddies. I realized what was happening. They can just say they. You just have to take their word for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I knew what was happening. I told my buddies. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to jail." He's like, "Dude, you have a little bit of weed. You're fine." I was like, "No, this is on purpose. They're they're get the cause. They know we're going to Bonnaroo. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much I have. It's it's numbers. They have to make arrests. They're gonna arrest yep. me. And they did. They found I had less than a, an eighth. I had like the smallest little amount. Yeah. I went to jail. You're profiled. Yeah. It was yeah. so obvious mm-hmm. and then at the end of it it didn't even go that one didn't go on my permanent record they had this thing mm-hmm. where you just pay like $2,500 and it goes off your record mm-hmm. it was just a money grab it's yeah. legal highway robbery it's basically um, it's shrapnel of of the war on drugs so it, yep. it's, it's all it's a trickle down effect of it's a business and and that's why they're you know it's a system you know, it is, yeah, and these, it, and that's the thing is, there's a huge uh, market or a huge business for that. These people's careers and livelihoods are paid for by the war on drugs. Yeah, and I talked about this in the last podcast with my sister, and I was explaining that a lot of people, when the war on drugs ends, will lose their jobs. These are right. jobs that are just arresting people for pot. And then I talked about all the jobs that we'll create through through yeah. legal marketing of drugs. And then I kind of, for a second, <laughs> I was like, wait, but that's we're going to lose jobs and then create jobs. But yeah. then I thought. The jobs we're going to lose, though, yeah. aren't providing anything. They're just right. paid for by tax dollars. No, exactly. You know, and it's funny that you bring that up because, like, I know the statistics on that. It's basically, like, um, four, I think it's, no, it's not even 4%. It's 0.4% of the people that are have the jobs, like uh, ATF, you know, company, like, yeah. not companies, but, like, uh, government-associated workers those jobs it's it's less than one percent of the population gotcha. you know so it's so it, it's so low you know and they're connected with like government officials and government officials are like you know the yeah. ones they, it's just such a small percentage of our population 
yes. that it employs and they benefit from. And it's just so, sad that it, yeah. it's, it, it's a fraction of like, it does. It, and it so won't the hurt. whole jobs thing. Is, and it won't hurt because what's going to happen? You're not going right? to hurt shit. You're going to lose some of those government jobs. <laughs> yeah. But with those government jobs are so small. They are, but we'll lose those government jobs. But the taxes that we'll make off of legal drugs, we can use to employ more government officials for like counseling and oh, things like that. And, and just like oh yeah, re, uh, centers to help people. Positive jobs. Positive jobs. jobs. That help I'm talking society. about like controlled substance, like job, like people with heroin addictions and people, you know, safe places for them to be regulated and and rooms for them to be able to, you know, uh, come off of. The drug, yeah. actually, essentially, and safer and cleaner drugs, regulated drugs. That's the thing. If, you you're, if you're addicted to heroin, let's get you on a on a regimen of heroin that works for you, that's, right. that's clean, healthy, and then a regimen yeah. of counseling that possibly gets you off of heroin. Yeah. But that's, not just scoring on the streets and good luck with your problem. Yeah, exactly. So prohibition is not the, the way to do war. And basically, that's what... The mindset is, and that's what the war on drugs is. It is, and you know it's what, prohibition. Um, this author I was reading, so he that's said not the way. Exactly, he said that, that we have one thing that anti or that pro prohibitionists, people that are for prohibition, need to realize that those of us who are anti prohibition have the same goal in mind. Right. To have less addicts, to have less people, to have a healthier society. Yeah. We don't. We don't actually think because we we want everybody on drugs is what that's the, how they look at it. Right. Oh, you want you want everybody just to be on drugs because you're anti-prohibition. No, yeah. prohibition doesn't work. It, yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, obviously, you would think that our country would have realized this, you know, back in the the uh, twenties when, you know, when we had prohibition and it that was a huge fail. Fucking work. You know, and, and it's you know in the nineteen early nineteen sixties in in Britain they had uh, they had, they saw that heroin was becoming an issue, so they basically made it uh, pharmaceutically prescribable legal, like clean heroin. Right. And a lot of, well, when you say heroin, a people lot of people freak out. People freak out. And, it, and it's a heavy-duty thing, and it's definitely, and it is. It really is. It's serious. It's, you know, it can, because the problem with heroin is people don't know how to do it right. Well, <laughs> and they take too much. They take, well, also, it's, and, cut, it's cut with fentanyl now. And, and, well, that's the problem that, well, because of prohibition and because yes. you're letting unregulated, you're letting out, the, you're letting these cartels and you're letting these people who are not governed by any means but to take your money and they don't care if you live or die. This, if it's controlled, you're going to have like way less casualties. It's like, you have like there's um, 1964. There was like this happened in Britain. They they uh, had I don't know. They didn't have more than a thousand people in the whole country that were addicted to heroin. They brought that number down to 360 people, which you could fill a venue with that. Yeah, you know, and in in the United States in 1964, we had hundreds of thousands of people who were addicted and there was just straight chaos. I mean, New York City was a yeah. war zone. I mean, it was like, you know, it's just because of prohibition. There was no way for these people with these, uh, these addictions to get regulated and, and, and have a safe place to be able to obtain it. Yeah. And so, well, so Switzerland's one of the newer countries that have now mm -hmm. legalized 
uh, heroin in the yeah. way that you can get it from a doctor. Right. And what they've seen is that if you're an addict and you go to get help, they have like yeah. a 95% success rate. Yeah. In our country, we have a 5% success rate if you go to a methadone clinic. Right. Because but, but methadone is not it's heroin. Not, it's not heroin. So and you're... also, <laughs> those clinics close yeah. at like 9 in the morning. You have yeah. to be there right. before that hour. Cause yeah, that's I, not... That's going to fix it. My buddy was dating this girl <laughs> yeah. that was a heroin addict and he said... You know, he was like, she was messed up. He was trying to help her, but she would go, you have to, she'd have to be there at nine in the morning to get her methadone. Yeah. And she missed her. She woke up at like 1030 and he actually, she begged him and he drove, drove her to like the, the ghetto to buy heroin yeah. because she had to have something. And the methadone clinic closed at nine and she didn't make it. Right. What kind of, what, how, what is that about? That's not, that's not going to fix the problem. And no, <laughs> that's insane. It, you, you can only, I mean, especially when it, I mean, heroin's a pretty uh, heavy duty drug and especially if you've you know, if you build a tolerance up to it, um, really the only way to get off of it is to treat it with heroin. Yeah. And you have to have lower doses. You have to be dosed well, down. And you know, yeah, you know, can you wean yourself off? You have to wean yourself but, off, but methadone isn't going to do what heroin's no, going to do. No. So like in Britain, they, they, they fixed the problem. And then, and in Switzerland in the nineties, 1990s is when they started that. Okay. Yeah. And, um, they started that program and dude, it changed everything in that society. Like, um, they had a huge problem with crime and prostitution and like, yeah. Um, within three years, uh, their, their criminal rate dropped 90%, like, um, unregulated because prostitution is legal in Switzerland, but okay. like, um, unregulated prostitution like that. Cause you know, people were desperate, you know, right. when it was illegal, but once they made it, um, where you can go to clinics and be treated, um, prostitution it, 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 like yeah, illegal prostitution well, went down compl- like it, it just was gone because what happens if you're an addict and when, yeah. they, when they first uh, outlawed heroin and these drugs mm-hmm. the prices went up about a thousand percent on the streets yeah so if you're an addict you can't afford it now unless if you're a woman you're selling your body right. if you're a man you're yeah. selling drugs and you're doing crime or you're robbing people or robbing or, people you know, there's like, ways to make money but these people are right. doing something to make money yeah. whereas before they just went to the regular job yeah. And that's how they made enough money. Yeah, and now yeah, if you if you give these people that you'll you're giving them a chance to uh, be properly prescribed their addiction. Exactly. To and where you can treat them properly. You're not going to be able to treat them with methadone. You're not going to be you exactly. can't and if it's regulated and and safe, I mean it's it's definitely you can use it recreationally if you do it the right way. You can, and some yeah. people do, and, that's, and you that, can, and that should be as a sovereign you, adult. You can totally do it. I'm not like that. Opiates is not my, you know, it's never been my jam, but I know people that, that that's their thing, and I got it. I'm more of an like upper guy, yeah. So that's never been my thing, but at the same time, I know that if you do it right, it's safe. It's not life threatening. You do have to be careful, and and, and I, opiates have been my thing, and yeah. I, and I had a, a slight addiction to Vicodin, and I uh-huh. kicked it, but I kicked it without any help. I just. Realized it was a problem. I weaned myself off. Right. And not I, everybody has that luxury. They don't. And especially if you're on a hard... Viking is not a very hard one. As far, I mean, for some people that's... Also, I wasn't taking 20 a day. I was taking like three or four a day. Gotcha. And, but... But either way, that that there's now there's kratom and kratom is my opiate of choice now because it's I don't I'm not addicted to it I can quit whenever I want and I enjoy it but I enjoy the more mild effects of opiates yes. I don't want the hardcore nodding out effect that's too much for me and, and yeah kratom is I feel like that's that's a good uh, natural methadone I've noticed and you know the DA outlawed it and there was a petition. <laughs> 
And I signed, it was one of the highlights of my life as a, as a citizen in a democracy where I signed a petition thinking it wouldn't matter, and it did matter. And that petition, actually, the DEA, for the first time since the war on drugs, changed their mind and did not outlaw Kratom. They, wow. But they had people, they had like veterans who, are, who had came back injured that were addicted to opiates that had mm-hmm. got off of hard opiates with Kratom that were marching saying, do not take this from us. Wow. Because it's a non-lethal opiate. Right. I mean... It's not life-threatening. It's just yeah. basically... Uh, I, what, what, I don't know a lot about it, but what I do know about it is it kind of like fills those same receptors... It, it does not the ones that are your brainstem. Right. So it can't cause your uh, respiratory system to shut down. Gotcha. For but real. it but it does uh, the, some of the other uh, opiate receptors, which again, I'm not a uh, scientist on this at all. So yeah. I don't know how they work, but our bodies are, are opiate receptors are throughout. So the ones that are um, in a high density around the brainstem, this is just from my understanding, mm. are not activated by Kratom, but the harder ones activated a lot. It's where, that's where fentanyl is extremely dangerous yeah. because they can shut down your respiratory system, whereas Kratom can't. Worst case with kratom is you'll get sick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's 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 uh you know, and when you when you when you talk about legalizing all drugs, because that's basically that's the ultimate. That's what we have to have happen. It, and it sounds it, crazy to people. It sounds crazy to people. And here's the other part of it: you have to kind of uh, understand what each and all these drugs are and what they do and how to regulate them. And it's a different system. Yeah. how you can exactly and, you know so like when it comes to uppers and things like mdma and and um, cocaine and you know any kind of uh methamphetamines uh, yeah. you know like it, it all has there all has to be a certain type of regulation in intact you know and so in heroin i mean there the spectrums are so far apart but right. at the same time you can't there's a way to do it. There is. <laughs> I know? think with like heroin, and, you would go to a heroin doctor. <clears throat> He's not just going to give it to you because right. you want to do heroin. You're going to be specialists for all these different yes. narcotics, you know, in in because they're they're drugs. And but the, but the same thing, like they're drugs that you should be able to have the freedom at your own will to buy safely. To buy safely. And and you know. That's why decriminaliz- yeah, yeah. decriminalization is not enough. Yeah. It's a great step. What Oregon's doing is, is a great step in it's the right a step. direction. Yeah. Yeah. But those people that are now doing legal drugs, just the personal amounts, are still having to buy them on the streets. Yeah. They're still dangerous. Yep. They don't know what they're getting. They're still way overpriced. Yep. And the people profiting are still illegal cartels and illegal drug dealers. Yeah. Whereas legitimate businesses could make money on this. And that money could be taxed and used to rehabilitate people. Yeah. That's it. That's the thing. We have to be able to uh, find the regulations and, and basically, like, the whole reason that I want drugs to be legal is to get rid of, take the power and the money out of the hands of the cartels and the people who are destroying lives and who are like using fentanyl and cuts like in killing yeah. people for profit. You know, it, like it's just, it's just I mean, it, there's no way to stop that. And the only way you can stop it is to make it legal. You got to take the money out of their hands. You have to. And it sounds we're, crazy. We're funding this. We are. And and keeping the thing it illegal. Is, people are not going <laughs> to stop doing drugs because you crack down enough. Yeah. We've learned that. How many billions of dollars do we have to spend before we realize yeah. there's no amount of money you can spend to stop people from wanting to do drugs? Right. So now let's figure out how to basically not just, when I say it sounds nefarious to say profit off of doing drugs, yeah. but we're going to profit off of it, but we're going to use those profits. Yeah. Some companies are going to get to make a little profit and have income, but also they're going to be heavily taxed to rehabilitate people and yeah. get people healthier. Right. And at the same, and, and for recreational use, there you're you're going to be able to go to a pharmacy, 
and safely buy something like cocaine like if and, I, if and I, you're not going to be able to go purchase enough to kill yourself with no but you if, if, if you'll, you'll probably have some kind of card if, you, if you're if cocaine's yeah. your thing yeah all right on a friday night you like to do cocaine there's no reason you can't you're an adult you can you, regulate it and you regulate it you make sure you're not buying enough to do anything crazy right. with yeah and make sure you're we talk to you are you doing okay is your life you got your job <laughs> everything's good all right you get to do a little cocaine yeah. that's your choice yeah. as an adult yeah. i mean and you could argue, well, it's dangerous. Well, so is skydiving, but we don't know. Like, it's not <laughs> well, it's all about you can't please people's will if you really want to go. You know, exactly. <laughs> like, so yeah. how about make a healthier thing yeah. that they can buy? Yeah. Versus right. because you're, you, you like you're, you. I mean, people are gonna do what they're gonna do. People like I mean, people are life is life, and people want to escape, and you shouldn't deprive people that that pleasure, and you should turn drugs into a reward for being you know responsible and prior and. Yeah, you should. It should become like something instead of like a self medicating thing. I think the perspective should be a reward. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of like Brave New World style. But yeah, I mean that's I, the, no, my but, outlook. No, but know? I do. I do agree with that. And and I treat I treat my drugs that way because yeah. I I do not do drugs regularly other yeah. than smoking weed. I smoke weed almost every day. Yeah, and I don't smoke a lot. I'm not a stoner, but I, I like to, yeah. before I arrive, I like to the gym, smoke yeah. a little weed, but. Sometimes I like to have a good mushroom trip, but I, I make yeah. myself to be, I need to be in a good place in my life, have accomplished sure. some of my goals. Right. Then I reward myself with a good yeah. time, maybe yeah. a concert, some yeah. ecstasy, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Great. you know, yeah, it, like it, like what you said, mushrooms, like, you know, hallucinogens, that's a whole uh, different type of, uh, you know, people use it for different things. Some, I, you know, for me, I use it for like mind expansion and like uh, enlightenment. <laughs> yeah, you know, for it is more than a party. Like a, you know, I'll set up like you know. I usually try to like hallucinate or take some sort of hallucinogen like four times a year. Me too. You know? Definitely. You know, and just just to kind of uh, it it does it clears the cobwebs of your brain. It, yeah, man, it really know, does. It does. It does. It's like a defrag for me. So well, can we talk about the other day when yeah. the, the DMT? Yeah, the DMT absolutely. Like. uh First time I did that, uh, I had friends growing up that uh, they were kind of like semi-chemists. They figured out how to make some, right. you know, so they were making it. And um, so it's, it's, but you know, DMT is, is uh, it's such a, uh, it's, it's organic, but it's, it feels so like electronic. It does. <laughs> it feels like, I've done it where you feel like I'm in a straight up video game. You know, have you ever done ayahuasca? I want to. Yeah. That um, feels more organic. Does it? Have you, yeah. so you've done ayahuasca? Yeah. yeah. And that, was it like being in the DMT realm for four hours straight? I mean, if the best, I mean, have you ever done, um, peyote? Nope. Okay. I've not done mescaline or ayahuasca. Okay. Smoked DMT. I've done a lot of mushrooms and a lot of LSD. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's a it's it's very close to mushrooms, but more intense uh, on the ayahuasca side. Yeah. And then um, the DMT for me feels uh, more on the LSD side, but really? but it's not as organic feeling. But it's more enlightening, and it's more in depth, and it's more like uh, it's not like. Uh, thing that i would do to like oh yeah man let's party let's do something no it's not a for me it's like it's it's an enlightenment it's like a let's let's uh expand our minds kind of experience but also so you're so you're um i don't want to necessarily change the subject but you're opening a bar yeah you're opening a gay bar yeah yeah a friend of mine uh billy he's he's a gay guy he's been running the gay circuit here locally for years and stuff so we uh he asked me if I'd be interested in, in helping him with that. And so, of course, you know. That's I mean, cool. And then, you, but, and you said you were having some 
doubts about the investment. This is what Josh was saying. Oh, like, is he? When you smoked the DMT, it kind of told you you're doing the right thing or something. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. So I was having a little questions about, uh, you know, am I on the right path? Am I even re- making the right decisions with my career? Because I'm semi jeopardizing my career um, as far as like. Uh, having other people I'm, I'm more of like kind of subcontracting out my my gigs to other people you know in maybe i'm risking that but at the same time um you know i really feel good about just helping my friends that's <laughs> so, awesome you know like that's awesome so like I'm, i mean even if it does go wrong like i'm like see how it could, I'm, though because there's yeah. no there, i only know of one gay bar here is it, is it still even open Ra- uh rascals Oh no! There's another one. Um, there was another one that it was here like, in Fort Myers. Yeah, it was. Um, they had a drag show I went to. It looked mm-hmm. like it almost looked like a strip club, but it wasn't a strip club. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Bottom Line. Oh, that's been gone for like it's been gone a while then. For like seven years. Not seven, because I was there Wait. five years ago. Okay, maybe five. Years. Maybe six years ago. Shit, might be close to seven. Push. So, uh, yeah, maybe six. So yeah, that's six. the only one I've. So so there's not a, a lot of them, but there's a huge gay community here. Oh yeah, for sure, man, for sure, and like. Uh, yeah, there's a huge gay community here, um, and uh, you know he's like he's been working for all these guys, and he's been heading this stuff up. But this is the first time he's actually because he's started all these bars with these people, and they promised them and promised them like, hey, we'll give you a piece of it, and but but he was the reason it happened, and then he just got fucked over and fucked over. So gotcha. <laughs> so I'm like, hey man, I'm I'm gonna come in and you know as far as because he needed my help with aesthetics and yeah yeah that's awesome the dmt made me uh definitely feel like at ease it told you like it just told me like you're doing the right thing and it it, it gave me a message like it internally like said yes (laughs) in so many words you know i love it it because when i do dmt yeah it speaks to you but not with any verbal language but but it definitely talks to you in a way that you understand visually yeah yeah and it's something like um I've, it's been with me ever since that night. I mean, like, it's still with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what that is. Yeah. It is. It's not, um, I wouldn't consider it a recreational. It's not. And you know what? I've done it too yeah. many times, like, consecutively yeah. over a few weeks. And then it tells me, and without words, it tells me, like, what are you doing here? Not, yeah. Don't be here right now. You, this isn't too soon. what this is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you, you wait till you need it. You it's don't a, need it right now. You, you know. Um, I feel like it goes back to shaman, man. Because, like, yeah. they would use these for... Uh, they tapped into the DMT a long time ago, man. This yeah. shit's been going on for thousands now, did, It started years. in the Amazon, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, the shamans and all, like, different cultures, I think. Uh, I see there's different ways to abstract DMT, and I feel like there's multicultural... Because all globally, it's in, yeah, because it's in plants all it's across in the everything. World. So there's been different cultures and figured, found out ways to extract it in like uh, burning sage and different types of plants, and yeah, um, they're releasing DNT and like that would give them that you know uh, just that mindset and trance. Right. And I, like, Is that they say it's one of the most common chemicals in nature, and including yeah. our own brains. Now, yeah. that's actually I believe not 100 percent proven because they can't actually do the tests in live humans. But they found it in rats, and they believe the same thing exists in our brains that our pineal gland secretes DMT, and probably when we dream, it's secreting DMT for yeah. our dreams. And I believe that just from having done DMT, that when we die, our brain's gonna give us a big dose of some kind of DMT-like chemical. Yeah, and that's kind of what takes our consciousness Certainly. either into the next realm or just gives us a nice dream to end this one. Yeah, one I don't know that we get to continue, but 
there's serotonins like uh, yeah. that's like in our brains and um, that's what MD, uh, MDMA unlocks you know like the serotonin yeah and uh, they say when you die and then the, the whole thing is like all oh, your life's like flashing before your eyes and yeah. like, it's like you get your brain's flooding with serotonin and it's like releasing that chemical yeah. that puts you at ease right so you're you're like good with it and you're at peace you know and, but if you do a bunch of ecstasy, the, the, the myth is that when you go to die, it's going to suck really bad because you released, because your body doesn't fully restore all it, that serotonin maybe if there you did, naturally. Maybe if you did it recently, maybe. But yeah, exactly. We'll see. You know, I did it. Yeah, I, I, I don't do ecstasy anymore, MDMA, um, because I did it for like 25 years. I was in the techno scene and yeah club scene so i did so much of that stuff to where now um i don't get high off of it anymore really yeah I, all i get is like i might get high for like two hours and then i'm depressed for like two weeks i it does make me depressed afterwards and i don't do it i, I every yeah. once in a while i'll do it because for instance if, it, if you do it with your significant other if you do mdma it, it sure. is a great time and you do have a great connection that's what it was developed for actually. yeah and it makes sense yeah. and um and actually, they've, they've had clinical trials where it really helps people with PTSD and things. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it does actually, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it does make me depressed for a few days afterwards. Yeah. I, get, I get sad. And, but I, I almost think it's worth it if I do it every once in a while. I just couldn't do it very often. And when I say once in a while, I mean every few years now. I, right. I yeah, yeah. Same here. Same here. I haven't done it in like four years, five years. But I'm not saying I'll never do it again. But yeah, just, it's not recreational. Like, yeah. you know, like cocaine for me is more, um, I'm more of an upper guy. So I'll do, co I do cocaine like twice a week, three times yeah. a week, something like that. But working in the bar scene, it's kind of like, you know, with alcohol involved in what I do for a living, it's like, if I didn't have cocaine, I wouldn't be able to get home. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just equals itself out. It's just, it does. You know, what's yeah. so funny is I was, I was listening to a podcast a long time with Rogan and I don't remember who he was talking to, but he was talking about people because he's not he had never done he still says to this day he's never yeah done i don't believe that though i think i, I, I think he's full of shit i've heard him talk about it enough to, but but he was well actually no another way. reason i believe it is because of what he said about it i'm yeah. like obviously you've never done it because yeah. he said yeah. he said well people that are cocaine like he's like i don't know he was talking about how they, they not creative out and stuff and are they lose creativity yeah you know? but he's just said he said would you he's like would you rather drive with somebody drunk or somebody on coke and um and he asked the guest that and neither one of them had an answer and he's like probably somebody drunk and I'm like what and I'm like, I was yelling at the speakers I'm oh like, yeah clearly yeah. the person on cocaine is a better driver and if they're too drunk please give them cocaine because then they can drive it literally uh, is save me driving so that that okay I didn't hear that podcast but yeah that makes sense that you believe he's never done it yeah <laughs> like, because yeah. It, that's what it's for honestly yeah, it's I don't even consider much of a drug I mean it, it's definitely a drug it's a sidekick but it but it, it lifts you up all the yeah, and yeah. I've, I've done it with people for the first time when I was really young I'd be like oh you've never done it you gotta try it I would never be the per now be like you, you have to try it never no that's not but yeah. back then try it and I remember the kid did it and he goes this is it like surprised but he's like I, I feel great but yeah. he, did, he thought he was gonna be fucked up I'm like no it just makes you really excited pretty much it's just, just alert yeah alert excited <laughs> it's not like it's not nearly as crazy as it's made out to be in the media no. I mean, marijuana, THC fucks me up way worse than... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. And I've never had a bad cocaine... Well, that's a little bit anxiety with way too much cocaine, but... Yeah, I mean, you can do too yeah. much anything. Yeah, you do too much anything. Anything. But pot, does, it takes a lot less pot to make me paranoid. Yeah, like, for sure. Especially nowadays. 
Oh, yeah. Well, there was the whole thing. There was some bit about, like, why do they make it? I think it was even Rogan talking about a cookie. He's like, this cookie's made for 10 people, you know, so only take a tenth. He's like, why don't you make 10 cookies? Right. Why is this one cookie? Doesn't make any sense. And honestly, last time I did a really strong edible, I made yeah. it myself and I messed up the, the dosage. Yeah. And me and Meg ate it. And we're not stoners either. Like, I, I smoke, but I don't want to be super high. And right. I was so high it was the most miserable experience it was during the lockdown too so yeah, everything man. shut down which made anxiety high already yeah and i'm just like sitting there i'm like i'm so stoned you're just like, like make it stop yeah make it stop I like, and i kept yeah, looking at the clock everything. i was like, like we have about three or four hours to go <laughs> we'll be fine and every time i'd look at the clock it'd feel like two hours went by i'd be like five minutes went yeah by. <laughs> first time i ever did an edible uh uh because uh my buddy from gainesville we all met in uh, orlando we went to theme park we went to universal studios and he's like hey man you gotta try one of these homer simpsons i'm like what the fuck is a homer simpson he's like oh it's a thc edible like and he hands me this like jelly thing and it's like it's like size of like a peanut i mean it's pretty big yeah. man he hands it to me and so i just threw it in my mouth and ate it and he goes dude you weren't supposed to eat the whole thing. I'm uh, like, what are you saying? He's like, no, you're supposed to take a little piece off of it oh, and shit. eat it, like the corner of it. Like, I was like, what? Why would you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you tell me that, bro? <laughs> why the fuck would you not tell me that? <laughs> He's like, oh fuck, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> like so, yeah. So we get to the music park and like. We're walking under the Incredible Hulk coaster, and this thing's like going, whoa, going off, man. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm like freaking out, sweating bullets, man. I see this place like Space Spaghetti, and I'm like, Space Spaghetti. And I'm like, you guys, like, we're gonna ride this shit. I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to Space Spaghetti, man. <laughs> I'm fucking in there, like eating, like I'm trying to make it stop because, like, all I know. Is like Sweet, like sugar, like just eat food, like eat food, yeah. you know when you get like when you're super high, you're like if you eat, you might so you know. Yeah, you and can, I say sugar will actually bring you down, which spaghetti would count? Just carbs, trying to like it yeah. was so heavy duty, man, and like the whole fucking trip, man, I was destroyed, man. And I even eat mushrooms. I had mushrooms with me to take like midday, so the last four hours I had some energy. And I was peppy and like. Yeah. Woo, take some, you know, some mushrooms and have energy and be like, woo. And like the mushrooms didn't even cut through that really? shit, man. The wow. fucking milligram must have been through the roof, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Edible <laughs> pot is different than it's, when you smoke it. Your body metabolizes it differently. I don't really, I, I do enjoy a small amount of edible, but it has to be a small amount. And right. I, I only trust it now, I've learned, if I buy it from a place. Yeah. Because if I make it myself, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing enough to... to right, to be able to measure yeah. it out, right? I thought this is I thought this is like a small joint's worth. That'll be good. Not way different. Dude, yeah. I mean, you can totally, I mean, I, I get that. And I have taken small amounts, like 10 milligrams of, and like, this is cool. You're like cool. So I'm I'm five milligram guy. Yeah, I've taken ten. I'm like, and it's not like something I'm gonna like. Oh, I have to do that again. But like, I was cool with that. But yeah. like, I don't. I might have eaten a hundred milligrams, dude, because it was a nightmare. Yeah. And to be in public like that, it's just like I've never nothing's messed me up as much as that shit. I've, I'm with you. I've THC had, is, yeah. will destroy you, man. Like it will. Honestly, I've had, <laughs> I've had some bad trips on mushrooms and acid, but they always right. ended very well. Mm. They started where I was freaked out at first, and then I came to, and then I had a great time. But the pot was just like, 
just the bad trip altogether. Now, when I started yeah. coming back, I was happy it was over. It's like, yeah. oh, thank God it's over. But it wasn't like, now I'm having fun and then listening to music. No, I'm just hoping it continues to end so I can enjoy yeah. it, whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. You, you're ready to shut the off yeah. switch, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I, if, if anybody's listening to this, because I'm going to have some some straight pies listening to this, they're going to be disappointed in what I'm saying. Uh, Teach his own. If you like getting super high, hey, man, that's what you like, you, do you it. You know, like everybody's chemical makeup is different, man. Like So like what affects you doesn't affect me the same way man like it's that's real shit because yeah because if it affected know, if it affected you like it affected me you yeah, wouldn't like it yeah i do i know people that can't do blow because it makes them super paranoid and they freak out it relaxes me yeah weed yeah. does the opposite effect and then my friends are like oh weed gives me energy and makes me like focus and i'm like it does nothing like that to me it makes me forget words yeah, I can't focus on anything. Like it, makes my, me, it makes me. It relax. scrambles it makes my. It focus. makes me like weed doesn't do that for me. Small amounts of weed, like two no. or three hits of a joint, I'm I'm feeling really good. My That's brain like gets scrambled. Yeah. I have no focus, and That's what happens and I'm paranoid, wife. and she, I'm hungry. She'll, and I, yeah, she'll smoke a little bit, and she'll just have to sit in the car and can't say anything. Um, it's um, like yeah, I yeah, I'm not social. Yeah. I don't get. I don't open up. I I shut down. I think people are saying shit about me. I get paranoid, you it know. Fucks with you definitely. And, yeah. yeah, and then you know, like, and then I try to eat everything in the refrigerator, and then I gain thirty fucking pounds. I'm like, <laughs> dude, that's not a good time for me, man. Like, right. I don't want that. Right. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so like, that's why. But I have no like. But I have tons of friends like not that. That's not their experience, you know. So. Yep. We all have different uh, chemical makeups, man. We do, and that's why I've learned through a long time of. of uh, I'm a champion of psychedelics, or I, I, I talk about it a lot. Yeah. But I have friends that don't want to do it, who haven't done it, and I used to be like, you have to try it once. But now I'm like, you know what? You don't have to try anything, man. You live yeah. your life. Yeah. If it's not, if it's something you're just afraid of, fine. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you're afraid of it, you probably have a bad experience mm-hmm. just going into it. If you're not curious about it, don't fuck with it. Yeah. You know, because it is a powerful mind changing yeah. experience. Right. Yeah. And I've met people that have had For really sure. crazy trips that have kind of done permanent. I don't want to say permanent damage, but it, they said they've they've never felt quite the same because. My buddy, actually, I'm gonna have him on here, Scott. When we were in Vegas, he had never done acid, mm-hmm. and um, and I had done Molly, and a few guys had done acid, and we were coming down, and he got up with us. He's like, "Oh, you guys did acid," yeah. and then uh, so one of our buddies gave him a hit of paper, and he took it, and it was kind of late. I was like, "Okay," but I didn't want to say that's kind of stupid. That's I was, a that's a commitment. Yeah, I was like, "All right, cool, man. Yeah, have fun." And then yeah. like ten minutes later, he got another hit from him. The yeah. kid gave him another one. He's like. I just did another hit. I was like, all right, well, don't eat any more, man. Like, and I wanted to say, that's don't. What are you doing? Yeah. And why did you give him that? And then why next thing you, you know, yeah. our other friend first had, time he never first time. And then our other friend had microdot. Ten minutes later, he he ate the microdot because our other friend goes, oh, you're not feeling it because you didn't have the good stuff. Eat this. Oh, and so dude. He, so he showed me that and he swallowed it and everybody's like, you made a mistake. And I, I told him you didn't because I didn't want to tell him that, but I thought he did. You don't want to, you I don't said, want to, you want, you don't want to freak him out. Yeah, I said, nah, yeah. dude, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. It's like you're gonna be in for a ride, yeah. and you have to go on that ride. There's no way out of it, but you're totally fine. But in my head, I'm like, this is gonna be crazy. You don't want. To. Yeah. And next thing you know, he's in the corner of the hotel room, just shaking, going, "This ain't real, man. This ain't real. This ain't real." Yeah. And but I mean, he kind of had a, a, a different experience. He was okay, but he still swears he never quite. Came, came out back. Of that. Oh, he. I mean, he, honestly, he shouldn't have done that. He. That was way too much exposure, and and honestly, for like, and the problem with, with where LSD gets a bad rap is people take too much. Yeah. You only need like okay, so like a regular paper hit, you can take a corner of that if it's like real clean acid. You don't need to take that whole fucking hit. 
You I, can cut that yeah. hit and you can cut that hit in half and then cut that in half. And well, take I, I used to a do a piece of that, yeah, and do that, and that's the proper way. Personally, I don't know exactly what the doses would be with that, but the acid that I do and I get is super clean. I get it from California, and I don't take a full hit. I cut it. I'll take a hit and I'll cut it into fours. I, no, I used to do that too. But and I, I will, I will trip for twelve hours. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I did the mm. same thing, but I, I didn't call it a. I called it a, not a microdose. I called it a mini dose because it's not dose. a microdose. You're right. tripping. Yeah, you're tripping. Or you're not tripping hard. Yeah, you're you, not taking a you, full hit. You can literally go go talk to people and do normal things. But you you're, can function. You're not because like your uh, your visuals like not everything's breathing. Like you can focus. Yeah. And I feel like for me personally, taking acid, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. You. I mean, I can drive. I can eat. I can talk. I can have a conversation, and I feel amazing. I feel you on that. You know? I, I like taking a whole hit sometimes. <laughs> there's though. a way to do LSD. I mean, if you want to go there, you can. There's different levels, but you well, know. during Hurricane Irma, we had a yeah. hotel room, and I ate one and a half. Okay. Just, just it was I, actually it was kind of stupid <laughs> in hindsight because I remember walking down the halls and everything's yeah. crazy, and this woman coming up, she's like, "What are you guys doing? Like, this is not a time for party, and this is it because we were also drinking." She's like, "This is a time for people might need help." Uh, and I would kind of hit me. Be, I was like, I, I was like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be part. They, they, she guilt tripped. But honestly, right. nothing happened. Everything yeah. was fine. And honestly, I had a great experience. But yeah. it was like, yeah, this but is not she, the time to party and eat acid. Like, she guilt tripped you. Were like, why wow, you were peeking or something? You're yeah. like, oh man, I should be ready to help people. I'm not like. a good person. <laughs> oh man. But you know, the same thing with mushrooms. I I like a lot of times I eat a small cap or a stem, yeah. and it gives me this energy and it makes life a little brighter. And I go to my gig and I have a great time. I couldn't eat and eat the mushrooms and go to a gig; it'd be the worst. Oh hell no! But I can eat a stem and I have a great time. Right. But sometimes I don't want to eat just a stem or a cap. I want oh, yeah. to eat a full eight. But that's when I'm at home, yeah. safe in my backyard. Yeah. And I want to experience something magical, play my favorite vinyls, and just yeah. you know dance around but the it- yard. As an entertainer, like, you know, we were in the same field. We're entertainers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've all made the mistake of eating, you know, too many caps and going doing, and doing a gig. Yes. <laughs> it was like, you would, th- you know, it, uh, on paper it sounds cool, but, like, when you're in it and you're, like, there's people around you and you're performing, it's not cool, man. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it, it's like, no, dude. Do not do that. Yeah, I played a, I played a gig at City Tavern. The last gig I got canceled was City Tavern, but I yeah. so I ate like about a half eighth, and it was kind of munching on them. And um, I was just in a uh, I was kind of in a bad place at this time, and I was like, I need something to get through this gig. And yeah. and it kind of made and I started having fun playing the gig. The drummer that I'm playing with, he's like, I told him I was like, listen, I'm on mushrooms, just you know, it might be a little weird, but we're gonna do this, and we were rocking it. And he's yeah. like, let me get one. I was like, all right. So I gave him one, and he's like, hey, my girlfriend wants one. Mm. And I had one mushroom left, and it was a big one. And I was like, "All right, but if I was like, you can eat this, but it's a big one. You know, you're gonna like it's not a whole eighth, but it's a big mushroom. You're gonna feel this. Oh, I'm fine. So yeah. she eats it. When we go on break, he calls me from his car. He's like, "Hey, she's she's tri-. It's like she's freaking out, man. She has to go home." And I'm like, "Well, we have to finish this gig." Yeah. And he's like, "Sorry, man. He just left." And I'm like, "Shit." <laughs> so in my state, tripping, I'm like, "Well, I can't have the no no drummer." So I asked this random dude I had been talking to who happened to be from North Carolina, who said he was a musician. I'm like, hey, do you play the drums? He's like, I sort of can. I'm like, good enough. Get up here. <laughs> so he's like barely playing the drums. You had a rando come up yeah, there. Yeah, and he's like... not doing good. But I'm trying to work with him, and I feel like it's working. And the bartenders can be like, hey, the owners are here. They want to just shut it down. You're done. Just get out of here. And I, So I was canceled. Uh, I was like, 
Fuck. In my head, it was going a lot better than it was. Oh, yeah. And they, and they were like, oh, you, yeah. you lost a gig? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I was like, I thought it was going all right. I was like, I said, this guy doesn't even play drums. Like, then why don't you have him up here? I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah, man. Well, you know, <laughs> it felt right. Yep. Yep. Live and learn, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, that's psychedelics. You know, you know, it's like, uh, it's all about a time and a place. It is. And that's the thing. <laughs> Another thing which was happening in places like Denver yeah. and DC, where they're being, uh, psychedelics are being decriminalized, is people's first experience with mushrooms are not going to be yeah. at a friend's house where they might have weird anxieties. It's going to be in a clinical setting. Yeah. But not not like in a white, bright, doctor-like kind of place, but right. a, but like a hippie-ish. Like a nice, coffee shop or like... Well, like, a, well, like these almost mushroom. like a spa, like a mushroom spa. Like right. they have in like Costa Rica and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where you can go in there, there's trippy right. music playing, you do mm-hmm. a meditation first, and then they talk about it. Then you eat the mushrooms, you sit there... And that's the way to do it. And honestly, yeah. I've never done it that way. I want to sit with, yeah. I call them a Western shaman. Because they're yeah. not, the only shamans are are, are true shamans. Yeah. Any any white guy I meet that calls himself a shaman, I'm like, well, you're full of shit. <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm. And I believe that you believe it. Yeah. Hey. You're not a shaman. But there are Western <laughs> shamans, which is just psychologists who yeah. are into psychedelics and are, are now going to be prescribing it. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Like, yeah. I'm excited about, about that little turn in, in the war on drugs where psychedelics yeah. are making the first headway. You started with pot, which I consider a, a sort of psychedelic. Yeah. It's definitely psychedelic in a way, but it's not a sure. it's not a true psychedelic. Yeah, it does it doesn't um I think it more makes you comfortable and doesn't test, you know, your um it doesn't smash push you the either. boundaries. Yeah. Or just make you think outside of the box and it doesn't make you hallucinate. You know, and uh, an edible can. Yeah. yeah but it, but I mean, here's the thing: it's a, it's a it's a hallucination that is not a psychedelic hallucination. It's like a fake. I call it like a pseudo hallucination. Yeah. I don't know. So, do you know who Brian Green is? He's a he's a um, physicist, and um, he was on Rogan, and he wrote this book called Until the End of Time. He wrote a bunch of books, but I read Until the End of Time right before the lockdown, mm-hmm. and it really fucked me up because it was it was all about from the Big Bang to where we are now and how everything are it's just math and particles, yeah. and we just happen to have this weird thing consciousness happens through these weird you know uh, these particles that come together and basically there's no purpose to any of it period yeah. and it was very matter of fact and I was like this this it really fucked me up and I, and so I almost don't recommend reading it but um yeah but it was very fascinating um, but anyway he he asked Rogan asked him like have you had any experience with psychedelics. And he said yes, and he told a story, and the story was also in his book, and it was mm-hmm. about being in Amsterdam. He ate a very strong edible, marijuana, mm-hmm. and had this really crazy, horrible, horrible trip, and it just proved to him that there is no other thing in consciousness, that all it is is a scrambling of his own particles. And, I'm, and Rogan really dropped the ball when he didn't say, yeah. well, did you try a real psychedelic? Right. Because that, I agree. If all I did was pot, I'd be like, yep, there's no order to You the have universe. nothing to compare it to. I mean, yeah. 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 The dude yeah. needs, like, try mushrooms and then tell me it's all just particles. Right. Yeah. And he might still say that, but I don't know. He doesn't, yeah, definitely. That's something, yeah. He doesn't have experience with that. And, um, you know, the research is out. I mean, basically, mushrooms are not of this planet. <laughs> they could be an alien straight up. They're, they, yeah. They've been traced back to, like, you know, to, you know, the, uh, what they're saying is they just came off of asteroids, man. You know, they're the spores frozen came spores. From, yeah, they're not of this world. Just like, um, just like gold isn't. You know, like gold, like uh, is, is stardust, man. Wow, that's why and gold is such a precious rare. Like that's why our money is 
Gold will never lose value. So that's where to put your money. <laughs> gold in gold because it's not something that can, the earth can create. It's stardust. It comes from space. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. That's and, why the power of gold. It's, it's, and it's, so then it's, you yeah. have to be a believer in um, Terrence McKenna's theory. The, yeah. The stoned ape theory. Yeah. That art. Because there was a there's a uh, evolution from chimpanzees to where we are now. Mm -hmm. There was a steady progression of our consciousness and our intelligence growing. Mm. And then all of a sudden there was a leap. Right. Intelligence. And right. Some, some people say, from? was it because we started learning to cook and that changed the molecules of our food, feeding mm -hmm. our brain? Um, proteins. Pro proteins, yeah. things you like that. You started eating meat. And I, I kind of see that a lot yeah. too. I don't, I'm not 100% sold on the stone date theory, but mm -hmm. I love it to death. Yeah. But the idea that, the, that as they were gathering food, they started eating mushrooms that right. they found in the plains because yeah. and those mushrooms shaped consciousness. Right. And I don't, I, it definitely, definitely is possible. Yeah. And oh, yeah. That, and that those mushrooms, if they are an alien, <laughs> right. as an alien intelligence came so, into our brains. So, yeah, the, the thing, <laughs> the thing is, is like, yeah, the alien invasions were, the alien invasion was the mushroom. <laughs> That's what changed everything. And they're already here. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a little guy in a spaceship, you know, it was a little plant. And, that, and it's almost like they're like, they, <laughs> a little so, edible thing. So think about our brains are like neural networks. Mm -hmm. So the mushroom is like the neural network of another entity. It's the and alien vision. It is. And if you think about, and I thought this too about human consciousness. Yeah. If you think about a brain or a mushroom, a mushroom is actually, if you see like four mushrooms in a field, yeah. they're not separate. Uh, they're not individuals. They're actually connected by mycelium. They're the yeah. same, or, they're the same or, uh, mm -hmm. organism. Yeah. Connected by mycelium. And I've thought right. about human beings like that. Like we are all separate uh, entities, but we are connected with the mycelium that's below consciousness that we yeah. can't see. Yeah, we're connected in uh, morally in a lot of aspects because yes, um, right from wrong. Yeah, yeah, and we have to. We need we need each other. That's actually one of the things about humans is we are extremely. The worst thing that can happen to somebody is they're ostracized from their community. Yeah. That, that's worse than going to jail. If you go to jail, you have a community. If you're straight up just sent away, that's send me send me to death. Don't yeah yeah that's. Humans are like, uh, you got one stick and then you take six sticks. It's way harder to break. You can yeah. break one stick like that. Yep, exactly. It's a bundle. We are, we, we are a very so community-oriented species. The more and, and it's interesting, um, in this book, um, The Sapiens, which I highly recommend, Yuval Noah Harari, uh, Sapiens, he talks about the evolution of species, but why we are such a community-based species is it has to do with the fact of um, it's, it's a little bit of a tangent, but the as we we started walking on two legs, the yeah. woman's birth canal got smaller. Yeah. So in order to not for her not to die, hmm. the child had to be born before it was ready. Because if you think about a, a horse or another animal being born, they're uh, immediately ready to fend for themselves. In some ways, they walk. Human infants are not; they can't walk. They can't do anything themselves. Yeah, yeah. So they actually don't, don't mature till they're. Uh, so we say 18 in this society, but it's really almost in your 20s before your brain's completely mature. Yeah. And um, and we need a whole. The mother has to have a lot of oxytocin to love the child to raise it that long. And there's right. there's this extreme bonding between yeah. humans. So we have to. Right. We need each other for a long time to survive. Sure. Yeah. And that's why we are such a loving and compassionate people. Also, why I think there's also so much hate and other things because when you don't get the the love reciprocated mm -hmm. our animosity can be right. that much stronger that, yep yep and that's where like the evil comes yes and that's <laughs> where exactly that's when where you're it, deprived of the love and then in the uh, and it births 
negativity and, and anger. It does. And that's yeah. I, and to bring it back to drugs, psychedelics, why I think they're important. They, they've done on these studies where they, they've, uh, uh, what do they call it when they take a picture of your brain activity? Right. Your CAT scan. Yeah, CAT scans on people, on, on children mm-hmm. and then adults. And there's a huge difference in the neural activity in a child because they haven't figured out the, the pathways that they want to use. So they're open. Yeah. But in adults, they're very close. But a, right. an adult on psychedelics resembles a child's. Right. Because they're very open to new pathways. Ooh. Gotcha. It, That's it, why, like, uh, infants can, well, not infants, but like two, three year olds can learn multiple languages early. Yes, exactly. Because their pathways are open. And exactly. So they can learn. Yeah. Exactly. And one of the cool ways that I've heard it described with the, the changing of our pathways, Michael Poland, I believe, is the author, uh, How to Change Your Mind on Psychedelics. It's one of these new books. Awesome book. The dude was 59 years old, did LSD for his first time. Yeah. He was already an acclaimed author, uh, journalist, had done things about our food in this country, decided to take on the psychedelic issues. But he described doing a psychedelic. And this is what we talked about, dusting the cobwebs every once in a while. Yeah. He described it as, imagine if you have uh, a snowy hill, and your brain is the snowy hill. And every time you have a thought, it's like a sled going down that hill. You have the same thought. So if you want to think outside of that thought, it's going to be really hard once your thought gets into that groove. It's going to keep yeah. going down that hill. You're, you're more momentum. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So your psychic sight, when you do a psychedelic, it just levels the snow. Yeah. You can still go the same way if you right. want, but right. you're not stuck in a groove because there's not, no more grooves. Ah, that's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, uh, I think it's like stuck in a rut. But the rut yep. is, uh, you just you just gain momentum with that fucking. It is, and that's why the older the, most people, that if the older they are, the more stuck in their ways they are. Yeah. And it's not that they're just rigid old assholes. No, they just they they've been thinking the same way for yep. so long. You can't teach an old dog okay. new tricks. But that's where the old people that I've met that are old hippies. <laughs> yeah. They're not as rigid. Right. Yeah. They have, no. They because they uh, you know they partake, man. They you know they you know they broaden their minds, and the whole the whole concept is. I feel like it's positive, you know, and, and the whole the negativity and the bad part about drugs has been taken to a level to where it's turned into a business. And, it has. You and, know, and, and the negative and, side of drugs is fueled by the war on drugs. It's, it's not to com- say there's not a negative side. Yeah. But it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, you know, with the prison systems and the whole, it's just such a racket, you know, and like that's, but it's such a small percentage of this country that it employs, man. Like really, the big the numbers are there, man. It's like less than one percent. So when people say, "Oh, you're gonna," you know, "Oh, they don't they want to keep their jobs and they want to do this," I mean, these are like these people. In the whole gist of things, there's like our population is like three hundred and fifty million. Yeah, around there, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, ATF has three thousand employees. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, just the DEA has like 25, something like, I think 25. And I said, we'll make new jobs. I mean, these are very like small numbers compared to like what we can do. with. And the havoc that they're wreaking (laughs) on society. Yeah. Those jobs are not, we can't be like, well, the jobs are more important than, we have more prisoners than any other country. The people are more important than this. Yeah. It's like the jobs, man. You think we oh we oh you're gonna you know and and they're you know they're always preaching like well you know people will just it'll be like a mass chaos suicide and everyone will kill themselves and there'll be chaos everywhere if you legalize and it's like no man you're making it taboo it's chaos right now it's chaos right now and that's another thing you, you hear people say well I don't want my grandchildren having access to cocaine uh, reality check they already have access to cocaine yeah it's just not safe. 
They have and access to a really expensive, unsafe cocaine that they can buy in any goddamn restaurant in this country in the kitchen. Exactly. I mean, there's co- so the idea that you don't want your children doing it. Here's the bigger question: Do you want your children having a criminal record when they decide to do it? Yeah, that's a bigger question because yeah. that's gonna be more detrimental to their lives. Right. That criminal record than the drug itself. Yep. Yep. I mean, and then how about this? Uh, your your kids were like, "Hey, I'm gonna sell this shit illegally and take a shortcut and try to take a shortcut." And they get turned on by the money, and then they get locked up and then for a long time for hot, like a huge in the in the and basically statistically it's like the people that get locked up for the drugs are like the most crucial points of your growing part of your life. So like it's usually you're in your twenties. These are like the moments in your life. These are like the children. But they're children, but they're getting locked up, and these are the most crucial like learning stages oh, yeah. of life development yeah. that you're depriving them of. Yep. So what you're doing is destroying their lives forever. Yep. Because when they get out of the system, they're fucking lost. Yeah. They got nothing. And Except they got, for going back into that system. And that's it. I mean, for life. I mean, yep. even if they make that mistake and they get locked up for 10 years, they can't get jobs. They exactly. can't get hired. They have no skill set. They are just incarcerated humans with nothing to offer. Yeah. So what do they do? turn back to drugs and it's just a downward spiral and it's just like it's 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 fucked up and you the know we're on drugs fuels and you, all of us. and you and i can relate to this because we would have been those people except for there's one t- some people <laughs> turn to music yeah yeah and, and that's what we did i, we I literally have been I, I got a job at fedex my criminal background came back and i lost that job uh this company called red ventures these are all companies though that i probably could have got stuck into a career that would have been kind of mediocre so for me yeah. I'm one of the few people that say I'm lucky I have that record. It got me into music. Yeah. But most people don't go into music. They go into either more crime or just constantly are in these jobs that let them go. Or, or they, they end up in a job in construction. And unless right. they become their own contractor, they, they're just going right. to be working unless, for no I money. Mean, yeah. And then they end up on pain pills because their back's hurting from working constantly. And it's yeah. just an ongoing thing. Self-medicate, you know, yeah. in a negative way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so... It's got to happen, man. I mean, if there's the only way there's going to be any real change in this country, it's really, it's got to stop. It has to stop. Yeah, yeah. It has to stop. And the thing is, I think the reason that they're not stopping is they're trying to, they don't want to admit that they're wrong. I yeah. I about yeah. my sister. Pride. They, they've spent billions and billions of dollars. They've spent millions of lives, including the people that, you know, are locked up, the people that have died in the drug war. Yeah. And to say all that was for nothing is harder than saying, it wasn't for nothing, we're still going to win, give us more money and some more lives. Yeah. That's easier. No, yeah, exactly. But eventually, Too proud. you're going to have to say it was wrong. And the, the more dollars and the more lives you add is the more wrong you're going to be. Yeah. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take somebody strong politically to say, stop. That's it. We're done. Yep. That's it. It's over. <laughs> it's like Pretty some, much. It's going to have to be like, you know, the president. Well, you know, when, when Bernie Sanders was on Rogan and, and he it's talked, over. Bernie Sanders talked about legalizing weed and he said, it's time we do it, enough's enough. And then Rogan asked him, he's like, well, what do you think about decriminalizing all drugs? And, and immediately Bernie Sanders goes, oh, no, 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 no. We're not ready for that. Now, yeah. I understand he's a politician. I think that in his mind, he knows it, yeah. That should be the way. Right. He also knows that's political suicide in this country. If you go, we should legalize cocaine, you don't have a career anymore. Running for and, office. And yeah. you could say, well, you should have more balls than that. Fuck that. Well, yeah. you can't, though. If you want to make change, you have to be in the game. No, exactly. He, that, that's exactly it, man. He just he, he, he knew what he could say and get away with. And marijuana is the one you can but, now get away with. That's but, you, it. but you know, like Bernie, would, he knows. 
Because he's smart. Yeah, he's smart. And you know that if, if if you if you any intelligent person can look at what's happening yeah. and go, it's it's over. We yeah. lost. The war on drugs is lost, but can be won in a way of not waging war. Again, let's wage peace on drugs. How do we have a peaceful society with drugs? Because we yeah. have drugs, they're not going away. Yeah. How do we live a peaceful life with drugs? Lift prohibition. Lift prohibition. That's the Lift. first thing That's we it. have to do. And regulate it. Yeah. And make it safe. Yeah. And give play and give people an addict, especially addicts. A safe place to go, the clinics, and be able to, you know, manage their addiction. Yeah, like we have these safe, there's safe zones. Locking them in, up in jail is not going to fix anything at all. <laughs> like, no. You just, yeah, like they're going to go back, right? They're going to go right back to it. Or if not, they can get it inside. They can get opiates can get, inside. Yep, exactly. So it's like, like uh, you just have to, uh, you know, regulate it and let them do it. You just have to give them the right amounts. But if you spend some of those profits in counseling, we can get those people off of them. But the yeah. problem is, the problem that I think that society's problem is that we look at it as drugs were the problem. No, the problem was childhood trauma. The problem was different things that happened to them or uh, maybe uh, mental illness. Yeah. These are the problems. Yeah. The drugs are what comes after the problems. So right. what you do is get them on a regular regimen of safe drugs, mm. figure out what the problem was, mm. then get them off the drugs. Right. But you got to cure the initial problem. Counseling. Cause, yeah. Because no, yeah. no, nobody just starts with, I was a great kid and yeah. all of a sudden meth ruined my life. Yeah. Nah, something else was going yeah. on with you to led you to meth. Yeah, you're trying to escape... You know, something that was messing you up, you know, exactly. mentally. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I told my sister on the last podcast, I said, I said, you know, it's not that if it wasn't for the law, I would be smoking crack and sleeping on the sidewalk because that's that's what I would like to do, but it's illegal, so therefore I don't do that. Yeah. No, it's not ideal to smoke crack and and be homeless. Yeah. So if somebody's smoking crack at homeless, it's not like, well, they chose that. Nobody right. would choose that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they smoke crack because they're homeless. Exactly. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, they, they aren't, they're not, crack didn't get them there. They had other things and, you know, it's a stigma attached with it. Oh, you must be a crackhead yep. and you're homeless. You, you brought it on yourself and that's not the case. No, yeah, no. nobody not. would choose to be that. Yeah, yeah. It's sad what's going on right now in LA, you know, with uh, the Skid way they, Row. yeah, I mean, LA is just, Dude, I mean, it's just devastated as far as the homeless situation there. And, and uh, I mean, if it could be fixed, it could totally be 50, fixed. 56 blocks are blocked <laughs> off in downtown. Yeah. And that's the community. And they literally, the cops have it blocked off. They're like, do whatever you want. Drugs doesn't matter. You have been, you are forgotten. Yeah. They don't yeah. Care. You're a cat. Yeah. Cat, but they're doing it. In, yeah. And, and at the same time, like they're. They're not spending money on cleaning anything up or trying to do anything positive. They're not no. funding any sort of help. And, and if we decriminalize and we start profiting, we can use that money to start fixing those people. Because yeah. those are American citizens. Those are yeah. our brothers and sisters. Exactly. Yeah. We, we act like they're just people that we don't like. Like oh, yeah. they're they're almost like they're just these monsters that we wish weren't there, but they are. Yeah. Just leave them alone. No. Those are people. Those are people that are created by our society. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 in, in you know you you put them in a place where you made everything on uh, you can't afford to live here but they live there yeah you know greed yeah <laughs> like it's uh, it's so sad and, and, and it's it should be an example for the rest of the country of what not to do yeah you know you can't let um, money come in and, and push these people out because where are they going to go? They're in a tent in the street. Is what the, you gave them no. And a lot of these people in these tents have jobs. They're in the service yeah. industry. With a full-time job, they can't afford 
to right. purchase any kind of uh, because the rent is so high. Yeah. You know, for like it's just out of control. You know, you're not you're not giving people uh, an opportunity to live anywhere because of greed. You know, yeah. it's it's so sad. So hopefully the rest of the country kind of sees like, hey, well, here's the end result of this. This is what happens when you push out the work. And here's the people that are the blue collar people that are working for you, for you rich people, and you're not giving them a, a place to live. Yeah. They basically just put them out on the street. Yeah. And there's, they can't afford to get an apartment. Yeah. With a full time job. And then, of course, there's the people there that are straight up schizophrenic. I and mean, then there's the yeah mental know, illness situation. Like Reagan shut down all the mental institutions in the yeah. country. The funding for that. And that's been going on forever. Yeah, yeah. And not to say that our mental institutions were great. There's a no. lot of problems with that before they were shut down, but now there's just none. So just yeah. oh you're schizophrenic. Good luck with your problems on the street. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You talk. You think other people are. You know. I've, I've met people in Fort Myers that mm. literally I, this guy Rick I know. Mm. He will talk to me. Then he talks to this guy that's not here. Then he talks to a yeah. stop sign. Yeah. But he, you know he's he's a coherent nice guy, but he's just all over the place. And he, and I, I gave him a ride one time. I was like, I'll give you a ride home, and we pull up, and I thought that was his big house. I was like, oh nice place. And he kind of like looked at me weird, and then he talked about something else, and then he got out, and I realized, yeah. oh this is an abandoned apartment complex. Yeah, Reggie, chill. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's sad, and it's what, what there's no. There's not there's no answer for that. There's no, no. end in sight. It's not like, well, eventually he'll have enough money to get a place. No. There's no money coming in. There's he, no money. Yeah, he can't hold a job. He like, can't even get a job yeah, with yeah. his no address. I mean... Yeah, no, that's the thing, yeah. Well, well my mother, my mother is right. schizophrenic, uh, bipolar, so I was raised oh. with a... Uh, my mom has that condition, so I, I'm very familiar with it. And, and how you just don't have contact with it. Yeah, you just lose control of what reality yes, is. Yeah. <laughs> I understand what that is like, you know, because uh, it's, and it's sad. I mean, it's the, the, the issue with that is there's no cure for this and they're throwing these different drugs at them. And, you know, every schizophrenic uh, bipolar person is taking a different type of narcotic. And not, it's basically some of it works for some of them and some of it doesn't work for them. Yeah. And then the other issue is uh, they the, the when they start the problem with the disease is when they're on their medication and they start getting their shit together and everything's cool they feel like they're cured uh, so they stop taking they, their meds yeah, yeah. because they're like I don't need to take this shit anymore man I'm good I don't need this like I'm not that you know I'm like and that's the biggest misconception and they all do the same thing so and then ultimately you know. Thankfully, there's people that, you know, if you have a good family support system and you have that mental illness, you'll be okay. But yeah. not everybody has that. Yeah, and some and, people's yeah. family that don't have a lot of means, they yeah. eventually lose patience with it. Oh, yeah. And, and then they just they just kind of get tossed aside and they're like, good luck. And, yep. you know, that's what happens a lot with that with that side of the it's sad. homeless situation. Yeah. yeah. And, and I understand it's hard to deal with somebody with those kind of mental issues because, especially things like bipolar, because I think a lot of people don't believe somebody's bipolar if they say like they're like oh you're bipolar yeah, yeah you're just you're just yeah they don't believe you just, it's like you're just saying it you're like a self-diagnosed or something yeah something yeah, like yeah. that and and there's a level of that but for the most part people even if they're even if they're not if they're saying that they're telling you something's wrong though like i mean honestly why would you brag about that you wouldn't <laughs> like, you wouldn't if you're telling me you're bipolar <laughs> if that is self-diagnosed you're still telling me something's wrong you're you know or you're gonna make well they're letting you it's a warning 
because exactly i just want you to know i'm bipolar because one day i'm like hey everybody yay and then the next day i'm like somebody you have never met before exactly because you're like high and you're like bipolar is just like up and down oh yeah and, super and, a, and the true amped. bipolar it, yeah. that's a serious serious illness oh, sure and the, a lot of those people yeah. end up in the streets too but again yeah. it's because a lot of family members don't they don't believe it it's not like a yeah a physical illness you can just see you're just like right. oh you're just crazy you're just you just you asshole. just have your own life and you're just selfish. You're, just yeah, get you're, out of you're here. a selfish asshole. Yeah. Yep. You get tossed aside. Yeah. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> but that's uh, that's the gist, man. Of uh, not being, you know, narcotics is a very important part of our society, and uh, I feel like uh, the pot and and we just have to be responsible with it. And I feel like uh, we're not being as far as with the prohibition part. We need to like legalize it. That's, <laughs> Everything we do, and that's, that's going to be my stance on this and, podcast. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm not budging yeah. on yeah. legalize everything. What, Figure talking, out how to regulate it. it I'm regulate, not saying right. it doesn't mean you can go to the grocery store and buy heroin. No, right? No, it has to be. You have to but, make it safe, but available for those who need it. Yep. Yep. And because we have people dying right now of like Tom Petty and Prince, I bought them last thing, who just wanted pain medicine, but they, they doctors can't even prescribe that now yeah. because of the stigma. So they're not even prescribing that. So now you're sure. scoring regular. If you actually are in pain, you're on the street scoring your yep. own pain medicine. Yep, that's being spiked with you know fentanyl, fentanyl which is like you know horrible, man. Yeah, you know, and it's like a way for them to cut you know you know an opiate. You know, and it's, it's just, crazy. Yeah. We we don't get Prince or Tom Petty back. Yeah, no. They're gone they're because gone. of the war on drugs, and we do not get them yeah. back. Yep. If you're in we, the war on they drugs, be, they're still dead. They'd still be But can here. we maybe save somebody else? Yep. That's absolutely, man. So, yep. it was, listen, it was really good talking with you, and also I wanted Thanks to say... Thanks for having me, Aaron. Of course, man. And really good to meet you. We just <laughs> yeah, the other day. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I just want to let you know, so you're the third podcast. Awesome. And I'm not releasing my podcast till the 15th. Okay. And I'm Because really, I, I was about to release the first one with Mike, and then I researched it, and they're like... Have three, release three at once. So you'll actually be no different than the first. You'll be released on day one. One, yeah, two, and three. Boom. Have some out. content ready to go. Yeah. 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 I'm so, excited I'll, about your message, man. Thank you. And I keep up the good work, brother. I will. And, and you're going to be back, too. Uh, I would love to be back. Hell yeah. That'd be awesome, man. And I got to come see you. I got to come see you play. Or, oh, yeah. Me yeah. too. Vice versa, man. I got to come see you play. I haven't awesome. seen you play either. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely be hanging, brother. All right. Cool, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Thanks for being here. <laughs> All right. Peace out. Peace. 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 Peace.